Hi everyone, this is the sixth episode of the Pedal Podcast, and this week I had the pleasure to talk to Christina Clément, who has been playing pedal since 2007. She has featured in five world championships in total with France and Germany, as she has two passports, and she will feature in the European Games as well. As a coach, she has been practicing and teaching the basics to Tia Norton, who's now British number one, and has been also coaching Barry Coffey. She is the export manager for Knox after she has joined the brand in 2017. Please do have a listen, and as always, enjoy. Hi, everyone. This is now, I cannot even believe it, but the sixth episode of the Pedal Podcast, and I have the honor to have Christina Clement on the, the podcast, who's, um, I, I have to start with that one because Barry asked me to do it, who's Madame Knox. Bonjour. <laughs> Hi, Hope you will forgive my French accent. <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. Thank you very much for featuring on the show. And uh, yeah, it's just great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so um, everyone will hear about how amazing a career in paddle you already have and, and is just writing in itself. Um, but please do tell me, as I usually start every podcast with the same question, how did you get into paddle? Thanks to tennis that I got introduced to paddle. I uh, was living in Nice, about to move to Aix-en-Provence, south of France, close to Marseille. And uh, my tennis club was receiving uh, a Fed Cup competition, France against Slovakia. It was in 2006. And as they knew I had some free time, they asked me if I wanted to be the chauffeur, you know, to be the chauffeur of the players. I said, oh, yes, of course. And uh, the first person I picked up at the airport was uh, Jérôme Bianchi, the physio of the Fed Cup and the Davis Cup of the French team. And then during the week, I also picked up Amélie Moresmo, who just had won Wimbledon two days before, so it was amazing. But just to make it short, um, the physio of the Fed Cup was living in Aix-en-Provence. I moved to Aix-en-Provence. He became my physio. And one year later, he said to me, Christina, my wife plays paddle. As you're a good tennis player, why don't you try paddle? And the challenge for you would be to play the World Championship next year in Calgary. I said, mm, give it a try. When you talk about uh, sport, traveling, well, it gives a lot of interest to me. And I tried end of 2007. And in August 2008, I was in the plane with the French national team uh, flying to Calgary. And uh, for our first time, uh, we did very well. We beat Mexico. Nobody expected France to beat Mexico at that time. And we finished in the fourth position as a female team. Uh, first amateur position be behind the three uh, major teams, uh, Spain, Argentina, and Brazil, which was an amazing first time uh, for me and first big result for France. That is amazing. And and to be fair, I mean, I, I have so many questions like all of a sudden. But first of all, it's just amazing that you beat Mexico because Pedal is from Mexico. So exactly. Wow. Well done. That is just amazing. Um, before I get to your previous sport, because you mentioned tennis, please tell me who did you show first? The most memorable person I was to pick up uh, Amélie Moresmo two days after her victory in Wimbledon, you know, it's something 
and unbelievable. So she was tired. <laughs> what a what a one handed backhand she had. Absolute beauty. That was that exactly. was just a great shot mm -hmm. as well. So um, what's your tennis background? Have you been competing in tennis? I was a good regional tennis player. I was playing. I was in top two hundred in France. I had beaten uh, players in uh, number fifteen France. I had a good hands. Uh, I was playing with my with my head on the court using you know the angles. I was I had a very unusual game, one hand backhand using a slicing shot during service volley. Uh, voila! And uh, when I discovered paddle, uh, end of two thousand seven, six months later, I did my last official uh, match. It was with my club in Kansas We were in National One One um, B, and uh, I did a very good match. And then I said, okay, I can stop on that match now. I will fully dedicate to paddle because paddle and tennis, it can be quite similar. But when you really want to play paddle uh, 200%, uh, you need to forget the technique of tennis. You know, I had a very large movement of the arm. And in paddle, you really need to go to the essential of the movement. You don't do extra movement. So uh, I decided to stop with tennis. I was... Um, Tennis was changing at that time. You know, a lot of uh, players uh, were coming with too much power. Uh, so, or they were hitting a winner. You were three meters away or they were putting the ball out. So, for me, it was too difficult to, to play against this powerful game, the new generation. And uh, I was only enjoying the time with my uh, inter-club matches. Uh, but then I was very happy to discover paddle and... Well, it was a new challenge for me, and I did, decided in 2008 to dedicate fully. I played uh, three world championships with France, so 2000 in Calgary, 2010 and 12, it was in Cancun, uh, Mexico, the country of creation of uh, Padel, and then a uh, big stop, and then um, I was... Uh, the female coach of the male national team of Monaco uh, during many years. And we had a good 13th uh, ranking in the last uh, European Championship in two years ago. And then I wanted to go back on the courts as a player. And as I have two passports, I'm uh, half French, half German. And a French friend of mine who is a uh, German, knowing my level, she said, oh, we need a girl like you. As you have a German passport, please come to our team. So this is what I did uh, one year and a half ago. I sent a message to Denise, uh, who had this great idea, and she introduced me to the national uh, coach of uh, Germany. The next day she called me and she said, you're welcome. And then uh, I did the World Championship in 2021 in Qatar. We finished eighth position and uh, last November in Dubai, again, eighth position, which is a great ranking for us because uh, paddling in Germany is still very uh, low. Um, so we're still uh, a small team compared to all the team around us. So we are very happy with the, our performance. And on August, who who was um, um, on on the podcast um, the the last episode, he he mentioned that Germany is really making waves, and and a lot of pedal courts are are being built, and uh, and it's just great to see that now the UK and I'm in the UK. I'm um, I'm feeling this this growth as well. What's happening in the UK, and it's just great that Germany is doing the same thing because that's that is actually my next question. What jumped out on pedal for you? So what was that made you switch from tennis to paddle? Because for me, tennis was becoming boring. It's a individual sport. Uh, so when I discovered paddle, it's nice to share 
the court with someone else. When I was playing tennis, I love doubles also. Uh, it's always good to share the, the emotion, the competition with someone else, not to be the only one to carry all the pressure of the game. And then uh, also because it's very fun, each point is different. You never know what to expect from the points uh, because of the fence, because of the walls, because there are four players. Whereas in tennis, more or less, you always have the same sequence of uh, points and three shots, it's over. In paddle, the better you play, the longer the rallies are and the more fun you have. And so um, I loved it. And well, you know, all the most of the people who try paddle, uh, well, when they get addicted, then you feel like a champion at the beginning, but then they always, it's very tactical. It's like playing chess. So I like also the fact that you need to build the points. It's not all, it's not the the more most powerful that will win or the one having the best technique, but maybe the, the smarter one who will win at the end. Uh, so these are all the elements that push me to to follow paddle and stop tennis differently. And I don't regret it. For me, it's 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 a strange one, uh, the transformation which I'm in, because now when I started playing pedal, everything was so amazing. And and obviously, you know, then when when you hit like, I don't know, a winner of of uh, of the sidewall or something like that, it was just such such excitement. And and then we um, we played our first tournament uh, a few weeks ago and we finished second in in the, this rating. So the four four plus. So that this was like the highest uh, rating. And I started playing half a year ago. So obviously I have a strong base in tennis, but I'm exactly at that stage now where I know that I have to play a completely different game and I have to uh, play a completely different shots than in tennis. And that's why I can I can still have both in my mind because it's a completely different game how I see it now. And I love doubles in tennis. And and obviously the volleys are, the, the technique is pretty similar. So if, if someone volleys really well in, in uh, tennis, will be really good in paddle, obviously to a certain extent. And then comes the bandeja and then comes the uh, the vibra and all those shots which which make the difference. So long story short, why I say that is that I'm at the at the point at the moment where I feel an absolute loser in paddle because I'm trying all these new shots and the old shots which I was using and they were going really well, so now I'm trying the new shots and they're not well trained. So when you nice. when you play paddle and when you want to improve in paddle, there are different stages that you mentioned, but you also need to accept to forget what you know from the tennis to move really a step forward. The first reflex when we play tennis and we start playing paddle, we want to hit very hard all the shots. And I had a very good smash in tennis and I was not understanding why I was not winning points or doing winners on the pedal court. It was the opposite. My smash was not a, a winner. So they were kicking my butt, sorry for the expression. And I was losing the points. So the first thing is, well, first step, you, you play very, very powerful with a lot of intensity. Each time I was coming back from the World Championship, playing against the best in the world from Argentina and Spain, I was surprised because they were playing so much softer than us. But when they had the right ball, they were killing us. And we said, OK, really need to slow down the rhythm. So first step, you, you play very quick. Second step, then you move to on the other side, you play all the shots soft because you're afraid to play with too much rhythm. And then uh, step number three, you will find the good mix between when I need to play soft and when I need to play uh, 
with power. So this is uh, the process and it's happening to all the people uh, coming with a tennis background and uh, converting into a uh, paddle players. And of course, when you, you, when you integrate the bandeja uh, in your game, which is a shot that does not exist in tennis, uh, you need to accept to fail in order to improve. And I'm also a paddle coach uh, trained by uh, Manu Martin, uh, a reference in the paddle coaching in the, the paddle uh, Spanish world. One good thing is when you really want to integrate this new shot pandeja in the game, you should put a constraint. When you play game, you say, okay, I'm for this game, I'm not allowed to play one single smash. All my shots will have to be bandeja. Of course, you will fail, but then you need to understand uh, how you, you you position yourself towards the ball, uh, the zone you need to play. Uh, everything is so different, but you need to accept to downgrade the level to then really give a big, big push up. I, I really hope that that will happen because at the moment I just feel like I'm I I'm I'm not good enough. But but look, as I said as well, I, I've been playing for half a year, so it's still the 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 beginning. Half a year, so you still have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I, I'm I'm I hope that I will have the rise as what you had. That after a year you were on the world championship. I know that the level is different now, but you never know. So, um, do you remember your first paddle racket? Yes, it was a tennis brand. I will not mention it. <laughs> okay. All right. Because of course, you I, won't remember, mention it. I remember that. <laughs> you will tell me off air because I'm just curious. <laughs> so um, I, I mentioned it already that obviously one of the biggest um, pedal brands, Knox, is really connected to you. How? I have a very, um, very peculiar path in the pedal world because I mentioned to you, I became a pedal player, but then I wanted to quit uh, the financial world. I was a private banking advisor. And in 2012, I was not very happy with my job uh, and uh, everything was pushing me to the pedal world. This is uh, how I decided to do my pedal coach qualification with a Spanish Pedal Federation, and I was trained by, by Manu Martin, who is very famous and is the current coach of Arturo Coelho, and Martin Echegaray, also a, a reference in the coaching world. And then I uh, decided to help uh, the de development of clubs. So I started uh, three months behind Nice, and then uh, I got introduced to Andrew Knox, who gave me the opportunity to develop a club just at the border with Monaco. Um, so I did that during two years. And then uh, we had a project uh, that was already live in Birmingham. Uh, the name of the time was uh, Paddle Nation and then it became Paddle Birmingham. And I was there from uh, November 15 to February 17. And this is where um, I met Tia Norton who only had two months of paddle. And uh, so I spent one year and a half at that time to try to convince people to try paddle. Uh, it was a, a very nice paddle club for indoor courts, uh, not in the best area of Birmingham, in Yarley, for those who know, but um, there was a very nice co community. But at that time, paddle was really at the very, very beginning. Uh, we did quite a good job, but uh, unfortunately, I think it was too early in the paddle world. But at uh, that time, I had uh, this lovely connection with Tia Norton, and uh, we're still uh, uh, well, in contact. And uh, well, she's now number one of England, and she's still my pedal baby. 
and she knows that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I coach she... uh, her during one year and a half. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't want to say it all the time, but obviously I'm I'm still a, a beginner uh with uh with everyone all, all these names and you know the first first few guys who i uh who i've seen were uh juan lebron and ale galan um and and now you know obviously i i really enjoyed the the women's game i have to say uh it's one of those few sports where actually a women's game is almost as beautiful if not nicer in many ways because the shot selection and and how women build up the point is sometimes so much more relatable for the amateurs um that it is it is really really nice and 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 i enjoy it a lot and please tell us about tia so i i'm really hoping that she will be on the podcast i do follow her i do connect it with her on linkedin so i i would like to to have her on the show as well later um, can I help you thank you thank you <laughs> i i will definitely uh, take you on your word for that because uh tia is a is a great character and and she she looks like a a really, really nice girl, lady, woman. So uh, it's it's great um, that you mention her. So um, what's her story? How how did you know that she's special? Well, how she's well. Uh, when I saw her with only two months of paddle, she had the tennis background, and I could see she was uh, very talented, very good hand, and uh, she was very keen uh, listening. Uh, uh, she wanted to improve, and after six months, uh, after I met her for the first time, she decided to quit tennis differently and only focus on paddle. So it was uh, mid-2016 uh, when uh, paddle was not known at all. So it was uh, a big bet for her, and uh, time has uh, proved that uh, she had the right to do so. And uh, she's only 19, ye 19 years old, and uh, she's doing very well. And uh, I'm happy to see that, uh, well, it was not very um, easy for her to train uh, because, uh, well, pedal clubs, there were only uh, a few spots or in London or in Birmingham. So she was living in the middle. So it was always a lot of uh, car driving, a lot of effort from her parents. And then uh, she had the opportunity to train in Spain. Uh, so it was a lot of effort from herself, but also from her parents financially, etc. A lot of uh, hours in the in the car. So it shows all the motivation, all the love she has for paddle. And um, and then now there's the Brexit story. So uh, it doesn't help her neither regarding all the traveling for competition. I know she tries to to get a. Uh, a special visa as being an elite athlete. Uh, I know it's not very easy because paddle is not as recognized as football can be or other main sports in the UK. But uh, time will come and uh, I'm happy to see that she's enjoying, uh, uh, she still enjoys because sometimes kids can play a sport pushed by their parents, but it's her, her who really wanted to. So she pushed her parents to support her. So I'm very happy to see that uh, now she has become the woman she is and she it's only the beginning of her career with only 19 years old and many, many more things to do in the pedal world in the UK and abroad. And to come back to your initial question, because I stopped regarding uh, my story uh, regarding uh, Birmingham, then uh, February 17, I decided to go back to France and then uh, uh, I was starting to be sponsored by Knox because I was a player, I was a coach. And then a few months later, they asked me if I wanted to develop the brand as an agent for France. I said, yes. 
and I did quite well because a, a year later, uh, Jesus Balve, the founder and the CEO of the brand, asked me to become uh, the new export manager. So uh, I started in 2018 as export manager, and I'm, I'm still there. And uh, <laughs> so it means uh, things go well uh, between Knox and myself. And uh, Knox is a uh, well, it's a. Uh, uh, excellent brand, everyone knows it. Uh, pure player brand, pure paddle brand. Sorry, and um, well, we're still a family company, uh, which is uh, amazing regarding all the big monsters uh, that are in the paddle world, uh, tennis brand, and also other paddle brands, but with big multinational uh, companies behind. So we are very proud of uh, our brand, of our products and of our image and everything we do. And now with Agustin Tapia, who I hope we'll finish uh, number one at the end of the year. And who is playing the right now? Yeah, in Granada. Yeah, I, I've just been there six weeks ago. I I was hoping that there will be some some uh, pedal there back then, but it was still quite early for that. I think uh, mm -hmm. the the weather was uh, so so so. It, but I think they they play indoors anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yes, but... they play indoors. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, lovely lovely place, and and I've been I've been following. So yeah, um, I haven't tried the Knox yet, so hopefully I will come across sooner or later. Because um, I'm so my my short background is that I'm I'm actually I, I was working in tennis as well as as playing and. And I know um, I um, I did a podcast with uh, with the guy with a guy called the Tennis Nerd. So we have been talking about a lot of a uh, lot of goods and and what that is. And and I and I um, I am testing quite a few uh, uh, pattern rackets here and then. Uh, at the moment, I'm playing with a babblehead, but I'm always uh, easy to convince to something which is better. Uh, where is Knox Space? So where is where is the headquarters? So Knox uh, is a Spanish brand based in Barcelona. Brilliant, one of the and with the, the export team. manager living in Nice. <laughs> As you should. So I go, As I go should. to the office uh, every two months, uh, several days, and for me it's very convenient. From Nice, I work from home, but Nice airport is uh, very well connected, uh, so I can travel all around Europe or even further than Europe if necessary. So, Jesus, uh, the um, well, trust me. So he knows I work hard for the brand. So there's of no problem for me to stay uh, <laughs> a few hundred kilometers away from the headquarters. Yeah, nowadays it doesn't really matter, does it? So it's I think it's it's absolutely fine to to work from wherever in in um, in the world, really. I mean, if if uh, Barcelona is is a uh, uh, stone throw away, then then it's then it's uh, even easier. But I think Nice is is the is the perfect place to to be, really. I mean, uh, you know, there's uh, there's the Monte Carlo tennis now just around the corner. Uh, what I can say is I only just heard good good things about Knox, so I um I do hope that. Uh, that uh, you know, Augustin Tapia can can be there at the in Granada as well as as the the end of the year because uh, they they have been playing some amazing paddles so far. So that's that's good. How's how's paddling in France? So how how did it evolve into what it is now? Because obviously we we mentioned it a little bit little bit with Barry, but he um, he talked a lot more about uh, Ireland in general as he does. I'm pretty sure that you grew tired no, of that. I understand why. <laughs> uh, he's missing the weather. I'm pretty sure of that. How's the French players coming along? Because you have been playing since 2007. 
So that has been 16 years. But I guess back then there wasn't as much, uh, as many courts, as much opportunity as it is now. So how's how's pedal now in terms of like the big sports or the spectator sports in uh, France? So uh, back to when I started, uh, well, let's start the story in France. Uh, in the mid-90s, uh, there was a, a guy who installed 30 courts uh, in France, in different spots in France, mainly in the south of France. And uh, he, he, won't, he, he thought that by installing courts, it will help to develop uh, the sport. But at the end, uh, I remember I was... I started uh, working after my studies in Chamonix and I went to the tennis club and I said, what's that on the court of the tennis? And nobody was able to tell me that it was a paddle court. I discovered that many years later. To make it short, uh, it's important when you install a court at the beginning in emerging market to have someone who can explain the sport, someone who can uh, teach, show how to play paddle. Um, so in Aix-en-Provence, they had uh, three courts uh, and I had this opportunity to try and I loved it. And uh, there was a paddle federation, but they were struggling because the guy who installed the 30 courts put depths in the federation. So they had no money to invest in the sports. And uh, so they had to, during many years, to uh, refund the, the debts. So this is the story. And 2014, uh, the Ministre des Sports decided to take the agreement of the Paddle Federation of regarding Paddle and to give it to the Tennis Federation, French Tennis Federation, to give Paddle to the French Tennis Federation. At that time, they didn't want to have Paddle because... Uh, they didn't care about paddle, you know. <laughs> I remember the discussion. Uh, so, and then finally they discovered that uh, thanks to private uh, entrepreneur who decided to install uh, paddle clubs, private paddle clubs, there was more and more paddle players, more and more people keen to, to develop the sports. So, and as tennis was going down, I can imagine the same in the UK, in many countries now, Tennis is not as popular as it was before. And uh, Paddle is giving a new breath to tennis clubs, to racket sports. Uh, so now French, the French Tennis Federation is much more interested uh, in Paddle. And, but still, if we compare the number of courts now, there are about uh, 1,500 courts in France, which is very from the numbers we can have in Italy with a similar number of habitants. They have about 5,000, 6,000 courts. And you see we have three times less. So even more than three times less. So we, we still have a lot of potential. Paddle is growing more in the municipal tennis clubs. So uh, the tennis clubs, they may not have the fundings to install the courts. So the process is much uh, longer uh, than it was, for example, in Sweden, where it was a big bubble and uh, 5,000 courts in three years. Uh, voilà. So it's growing, but in a slow growth. And I would say it's even better this way than it was too quick in Sweden. And now we see uh, it's a big, uh, the pedal is a big cracking in, in Sweden because there are too many courts compared to uh, pedal players now. Yeah, everything was uh, taken away from the Swedish and they had to play paddle, which I don't think it's a bad thing, but but it's it's different because I don't even know now, unfortunately, the population of Sweden, but it's it's nowhere near Italy or 10,000, 10 million, euro, um, 10 million habitants. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So 10 million. 5, 000, so, the same so as, they are 
they have more courts per habitants in Sweden than in Spain. So it's insane. <laughs> it definitely is. Because uh, I I used to work in London in 2011 and, and I used to work in a tennis store. And, and there they told me that uh, pedal is uh, is more popular in Spain than tennis. And I couldn't believe it because obviously... In the country Nadal of is, Nadal, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Nadal and, and all the Davis Cup winners and everything. And, and it was just absolutely unreal to, to hear about it. But I already knew that that's going to be something special. But I... Uh, I have to admit, when I when I first came across paddle and and uh, pickleball, <laughs> I just I just thought that tried pickleball. <laughs> oh, how was it? Before I say this, how was it? So uh, it was last year uh, with uh, it was in Barcelona uh, with our sales director and marketing director. We wanted to try pickleball because we heard it's very famous, very big in the US, and there was one club of. Pickable just created in Barcelona. We said, okay, let's go. <laughs> so it was very interesting. I'm a good tennis player. I'm a good paddle player. But my first three forehand shots, they finished in the net. And then I said, oh my God, how is it possible that I missed these simple shots? And I started laughing. So we played one hour. It was fun because it was the first time. But seriously, I prefer paddle 100 times more. Uh, sorry for the pickleball fans, but for me, it's more for players who are a bit old and cannot run that much or uh, people who have some overweight and they want to do some sport, etc. But when you are as active as I am and I uh, want to, to run a lot, hit hard and the tactic, I don't see really where the tactic is. So sorry if there are some pickleball uh fans uh, addicted uh, that will listen to this but seriously it was fun but <laughs> i will wait uh, maybe 30 years before i go back on a pickleball <laughs> I, I i can relate christina so I, I have to say that um i haven't tried it yet so i might i might get hooked up but i just try try the best way you know it's like food don't say you don't like it and until you have tasted I, it so I, I same with pickable i get it um pickleball for me is definitely um, just a fun game. I I cannot really see that as a sport. I cannot really see that as as something which will appear on the Olympics or or as as what I see. And and that will be my next question because I really want to pick your brain on that one. Because how I see pedal, um, and I and I want to get back to my original thought about what I said about. Um, pickleball and pedal that when I first heard about these sports and pickleball is a new thing. So just like a year ago, but, but pedal was definitely always on the cards. I, I always thought that, yeah, but these are just substitutes for tennis, not as good, you know, different thing. And, and that's what I thought. But when I started playing pedal, I, I got absolutely hooked. And that's why I, I started doing another podcast instead of talking about tennis, because I can talk about tennis all day, all night. That's not a problem, but that's how I feel about pedal now. And and no offense, obviously, for all the pickleball players in the United States, and I've got a few listeners in the in the United States as well. But I I just I just cannot really see what's the whole point of that because it's just yeah I, I can see what you say is that it, on in a park to have two pickleball courts instead of one tennis court is good because eight people can play instead of two people. So th I do get that. I would say the main advantage of a paddle, it's it's much easier to install a, a pickleball court than a paddle court. Yeah, absolutely. And about the, what you said, and, and I just wanted to reflect on that one. 
here in Bristol, where I'm based, uh, now it's it's the hub in um, in the UK, and and we're still nowhere near the the French numbers in terms of courts. But at least all of a sudden, Rocket Paddle is is opening up with fourteen uh, indoor courts, and obviously Bristol isn't the biggest city in the UK, but it's in the top ten. So we are okay now, and we were pondering that idea about what you said about Sweden. That how will that effect and will that grow too quickly too too soon but i think bristol is fine uh because there's quite a few players in the southwest who who have access to to bristol and and obviously it's it's in different places but i just felt like yes sweden just got a bit too greedy too quickly and and that didn't do a lot of good you mentioned that um the french uh tennis federation didn't want paddle have they got pedal or there's a there's a separate uh pedal federation now in France? No, 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 no. There was in the past a pedal federation and they, they, they lost the agreement from when because of the problems they had uh, regarding debts, etc. And then it was given in 2014 to the ten, French Tennis Federation. At that time they didn't want it, but they received it and they had to accept it because it's the Ministry of Sport that gave it to them, you know, and now they're happy to have it. And now friendly they start to develop it to do the necessary, but it took them years to to do uh, the necessary regarding push the sport. And even now I would say they focus more on the uh, tennis clubs having pedal courts and and then sometimes private clubs they feel a bit forgotten by the tennis federation you know but when you're federation and you represent the sport normally you should represent everyone you know private as well as uh the club tennis. but this is more about politics etc but coming back to your um your comment regarding the 14 court indoor court in bristol it's a huge number uh, I imagine there is a big uh, investor behind. I know there's some uh, Swedish or Norwegian uh, investor company or even English company. Who is behind? So there's three courts, which just uh, two already opened up. So one was Surge. The other one was okay. We Are Pedal, which is uh, which is Ernan's Paddle, okay. app. Mm-hmm. And now Rocket Pedal is Swedish, I believe. So, uh, so Rocket Pedal is the third, and that's going to be the biggest. So Surge opened up with eight courts, I believe, eight indoor courts. Um, and, um, I've been to, we are pedal. I think they have six or seven courts indoors, uh, which is Ladap and obviously Mehor set. And now rocket pedal is opening up with 14 doubles. And I think two singles court and it's okay. 14 for me. It's very big for me. It's very big. And I compare with Sweden because, uh, Sweden at the beginning, uh, they were starting with normal numbers, let's say, uh, four, six, eight courts. And then it was becoming 12 and then 14 and then 16 and then 20 and then 24. It was always more, 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 more. And, uh, for me, I was a club developer and when it's too big, you lose the essence of paddle. It's social. You need to, when you go to a paddle club, you need to feel a a nice atmosphere, you know? And when I went to Sweden to visit this big, this huge, uh, it was like a paddle factory. And people, they were coming to play, they were leaving and that's it. You know, I was not feeling this atmosphere that I was feeling when I was going to Spain, you know, and it's a pity. This group uh, will reproduce the same in the UK. Uh, let's see. But for me, 14 courts today, it's a lot. And it's still an emerging market in the UK. So let's see if they will fill the courts that rapidly. 
I, I hope, look, what I can say is that I, I really do hope that everyone's investment will be seen and and they will they will get the the investment back because that means that a lot of ple- a lot of people play pedal and that's what we want and and uh, we we spoke about it with uh, Emma Kimber uh, from the Bandeja magazine as well that we need more of everything we need more coaches we need more players we need more courts we need more and um, and what I can say to that is Surge and Weir Pedal seemed nice places they seemed like that's enough. Six, seven, eight, nine, even up to 10 quarts is manageable. How I see rocket pedal, and look, prove me wrong. I would be so happy if that would be an amazingly familiar sort of site uh, where where you can, apparently there will be at least like one one uh, spectator or like show court, uh, which is needed as well, because with, with some matches, it is quite nice to have that sort of atmosphere that people are watching you and and they're supporting you and 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 that sort of that sort of atmosphere and we want that. I'm I'm hoping that Rocket Pedal will be a success because that means that that pedal is actually making waves and and that's what we want. And that is my next question, which which I wanted to ask of you, like um, two things actually. But first of all, let's let's talk about the Olympics. Do you think pedal has everything to become um, an Olympic sport? Yes, it does. And, <laughs> okay, <next> uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm very happy uh, I will be participating to the European Games uh, end of June in Krakow. Krakow, I don't know how you say in English. Uh, and it will be, it's the European Games are the uh, European Olympic Games. So it's the first time that Paddle will be in an Olympic event. I'm very proud. Uh, I fought for, I trained for that and I fought for that because there was a, a selection tournament a month ago uh, in Dortmund with all the best players, uh, uh, male and female. And thanks to our good ranking uh, last November in Dubai, uh, two pairs uh, of the female players uh, could qualify for the European Games. And uh, Corinna Sholten and myself, we are one of the two pairs who qualified. So was a big fight in the tournament. And so I'm very happy to be able to live the experience of an Olympic event in uh, Poland. Um, it will be on the 20, from the 21st to the 25th of June. It will be interesting to see that. And I know that uh, Luigi Carraro, who is the president of the FIP, of the International Pedal Federation, uh, he works uh, in, in that way in order to that uh, pedal becomes uh, Olympics. We we had we thought it would become already uh, um, you know trial games for Par- Paris twenty four, but unfortunately it's not. Yeah, an exhibition. Yeah. Uh, so that was a disappointment. Um, so people say in the thirties it would become Olympics. So let's see. But I think it's already a big step. It's already included in the. Uh, European Olympic Games uh, called European Games. It's all it's like uh, the real Olympic worldwide because it only takes place every four years. And uh, a week ago, there was in Rome uh, the ceremony to give uh, the flame of uh, of peace uh, between uh, uh, the European Committee uh, to the Polish uh, president who came uh, back uh, with a flame uh, to Poland. So it's really as official as the big Olympic Games uh, that we'll have next year in Paris. No, it's, uh, for me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, uh, 
we've been so i'm i'm hungarian originally and and uh, when when you said the 10 million about sweden i um i hungary has uh, just under 10 million uh, people as a population and uh, hungary is is top 10 or i think 11th or 12th in the all time medals um in the olympic games so our upbringing has been massive with olympic sports and when i see all the olympic sports which are now taking place even even skateboarding and 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 all this and that, I think paddle definitely has a place there. And yes. and um, while it's two medals, or it would be quite interesting. I don't know if if that's a that's a thing. Is there is there a thing as mixed doubles in in paddle? So I was about to see it in the European Games. There will be male competition, female competition, and mixed competition. That's the so first time we'll see a mixed competition. Uh, well, so that's great. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I think it, it would make sense because in tennis, it's a bit of a strange one because you don't obviously want to kill the lady who's at the net. Although when you see the professionals, they do play a really strong serve and everything. So there's no there's no right or wrong on that one. Uh, but but yes, I, I'm, I'm so excited about it. I, I hope that that will be covered by um, by some sort of uh, TV channel apart from the Polish uh, national number. No, one. Uh, it should be. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm sure it will be. Yeah. I, I really do hope so. So uh, a few questions and, and then we are almost um, approaching. And, and I do appreciate that. Obviously, you have a lot to do. And, and, and I always have to thank everyone for, for uh, having an hour with, with my thoughts and, 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 and all this. How does your day look like when you're not actually the export manager of Knox, but rather a coach slash mentor in pedal? So how's, how's your, your everyday look like when, when you're actually not doing sales? <laughs> So, well, I was, well, I would say now that 99% of my activities as export manager, I was uh, uh, still give some coaching lessons to very VIP person like Barry Coffee, for example. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> but no, um, I was doing it uh, full time when I was developing the club. So when I was close to Monaco, when I was in Birmingham, I was giving between 15 hours to 20 hours lesson per week, which was great because you have to consider it was 10 years ago, close to Monaco and uh, six, seven years ago uh, in the UK, it was in a period when nobody was knowing about paddle. So um, so at the time, well, uh, uh, I had my lessons uh, of the day and I was coming to the club and uh, preparing my basket and then starting uh, with uh, my first student and we, then with a group of students. And then uh, when I had some free time, I was organizing some uh, tournament activities for the next weeks, uh, some social activities. I was putting people in touch with each other because at that time there was no app to organize uh, games, you know, and the main issue in paddle, I would say, is to find five, four players on the same court. So uh, I was organizing uh, games and uh, then I was also doing social medias in order to develop the, the game. When I was in Birmingham, I was uh, contacting uh, journalists, uh, visiting schools uh, uh, in order to, well, doing a lot of things in order to promote uh, paddle at the time. But coach, well, uh, when you're a full-time coach, well, you start at uh, 9 a.m. and you finish uh, <laughs> depending on what time and uh, well, between six, seven hours a day uh, 
individual lessons, group lessons. Well, typical day for a coach, nothing special. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, what I meant about it, and 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 it's just great that you haven't got uh, really tired of the game. And, and that's why it's even better that you were actually a full-time coach and you're still... Uh, I, I still see your spark in your in your eyes about paddle, and that's just so amazing. After 16 years, so connected to the game that that you're still this enthusiastic about this game. So so absolutely, for someone like me who sees the enthusiasm in your eyes, is just is just unbelievable. So I would say paddle addicted one day, paddle addicted forever. Yeah, I mean, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and that's why it was so bad that I was really playing. But it's 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 a it's it's sort of like a learning curve, or, or it's like um or it's like a diagram for me. Because one day I feel like I'm playing absolutely unbelievable. The next day is okay. Still, I'm not like absolutely rubbish, but I do feel like okay. So I'm not winning the matches. So what's going wrong? But I think it's just all about the mindset in many ways, and and I'm trying to to improve as well. How many times do you play per week then? Well, um, I try to, well, now um, I focus more on physical training, um, uh, depending in which periods um, I am. If I'm just before a tournament, uh, I try to play twice a week, uh, one big match, and if I can, a training session. Uh, with baskets. Um, if it's a normal period, I'll play once a week, which is not a, a lot, a good paddle game. And uh, I, But uh, I really keep my uh, uh, my physical training um, as best as possible. So I run stairs uh, once a week, uh, 540 stairs. <laughs> I do a lot of uh, planks. I do uh, reinforcement of uh, legs, etc., squats, etc. Uh, try to keep me fit as long as I can because I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> so you answered my next question, but but I will rephrase that, be, which would have been, are you competing still? But then obviously you are. So what sort of tournaments are you planning for this year? Where will you be playing? I guess all over Europe. So end of May, uh, there is a big tournament in the north of Germany. Um, so I will be there with uh, my partner, uh, Corinna. Uh, this will be a good preparation for the European Games. And then there will be European Games, uh, so end of June, um, in the south of Poland, in Krakow. And then uh, we have uh, inter-club matches in Germany uh, in September. I uh, will play them maybe in both categories, open categories and veteran category. And then hopefully, uh, because this is my last year uh, playing in the open category, then I will switch to veterans forever. Uh, I would like to be selected uh, for one last European championship with Germany. So this is my, that would be the best way for me to finish my, my uh, German career <laughs> yeah, that, that as great. in the open category. Then I will keep on playing, competing, but with the veterans, but so voilà. yeah. Yeah, no, that's that that sounds great. And last question, because I really I am really interested in your opinion in that one. When can uh, a non-originally Spanish speaking person be the world number one in paddle? That will take quite a while, uh, because as you can see, uh, Spanish, Spain and uh, Argentina um, are leading uh, the paddle world. And it takes a generation for me, I believe, uh, to bring the best out of a new country. Um, Padel started growing uh, in the beginning of the 2000s uh, in Spain. So now they have uh, uh, 
uh, number one uh, for female and male now. So it took them almost uh, 15, 20 years. Argentina, uh, they started before in the 80s, 90s. So they already, they've been having all the coaches, the training. Uh, uh, so they keep on bringing new talents, uh, more in the ma uh, men's than in the women. So now we see more and more countries bringing good players, but there is a gap between being a good player. You can reach uh, um, in the female uh, top 50, but then becoming from top 50 to top 10, it's a huge gap. And it's even more difficult with the men. Uh, if I take uh, Benjamin Tison, who is number one in France, he reached number 65, number almost 60, but now well, it's difficult. So I think we need... Uh, to get kids starting paddle directly instead of tennis and a generation. So we still have time, I think, that 10 years, funny. 15 <laughs> years. <so. laughs> 10, 15 years, uh, hopefully. I mean, not, not that I have anything against the Spanish. <laughs> when you said the VIP, so hopefully if I'm, I'm going to be in Nice, I can, I can tempt you to a game. Uh, that would be my pleasure to have you on court <laughs> with you. me. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. So much amazing content is just great. So thank you very much for uh, um, actually featuring on the podcast. And I really do hope so that uh, Knox can can definitely be the biggest brand around. I do wish that as well. And for you uh, to win something on your last German um, national games and and then with seniors you will just crush everyone I, I i have a feeling about it thank you it was very nice to chat with you and well uh with paddle we can speak for hours so it was very short 15 minutes but uh very interesting thank you very much dennis thank you <laughs>